We welcome you to the Truth Simply Put, our broadcast and teaching series at the Basilea Commission. You're about to receive God's unadulterated word, brought to you by Pastor Alexander Victor. Challenging, uplifting, and provoking you to new dimensions in your kingdom walk. And now, today's message. Have become a people, and it's not something you get tired of hearing. It's not something you get tired of saying. It's not something you get tired of singing. It's not something you get tired of showing. Because people have misunderstood or misinterpreted the gospel to be something that saves you. To be preserved, you must hear the gospel to be sustained. You must hear the gospel to be matured. You must hear the gospel to be grounded. You must hear the gospel to be rooted. There's nothing else outside the gospel. You don't preach the gospel for people to be saved and then teach something else. Romans 16 and verse 25. Romans 16, 25. Now to him who is able to establish. Somebody say establish you. According to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ. According to the mystery of Revelation of the mystery kept secret, keep going, since the world began and now made manifest by the prophetic scriptures made known to all nations according to the commandment of the everlasting God for obedience to the faith. Who is Paul writing to? Romans chapter 1. You will see it there. Romans chapter 1. Go on, born servant of Christ, separated to the gospel of God. Keep going. Things of verse 3, which we need, or verse 4. Um, go to verse 7, actually. To all who are in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints. So you would think that the gospel is for the unbeliever. And so Paul would have had no need talking to the saints about the gospel. Galatians chapter 1. Galatians chapter 1. Paul, an apostle, not from men or through man, but through Jesus Christ and God, the Father who raised him from the dead, and all the brethren who are with me to the churches of Galatia. Keep going. Grace to you and peace from God, the Father and Lord of, of our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever. Amen. End of all the pleasantries. Go to verse 6. I marvel, he tells the Galatian churches, that you are turning away so soon from he who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is, well, you're a bit slow for me today, which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. Keep going. 
But even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed, as we have said before. So now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. We have looked at this in other contexts before, but it's important for you to understand the emphasis of Paul on the preaching of the gospel in the church. So Paul expected naturally that people will come and preach to them. Talk to me now. And what he expected for them to be preached was the gospel. So he was shocked that the Galatian church was turning away from the gospel of grace into another gospel. Why? The gospel doesn't just save you. The gospel preserves you. Tell anybody the gospel preserves you. Tell the other person the gospel preserves you. It doesn't just save you. It preserves you. The reason why a lot of people are struggling to be Christians is because you saved them and left them. You told them, get born again. And the moment they got born again, you now tell them, walk out your salvation. So all of a sudden, they are in uncharted territory. All of a sudden, they are trying to understand what they must do to be saved. All of a sudden, they are trying to understand how much they must give to be saved. How, how, how much they must work in a department to, to guarantee salvation. How much they must work in piosity or self-righteousness in order to be sure that when that, that mysterious trumpet sounds. And so we divert from the gospel that saves us into something else. But the same gospel that saves you is the same gospel that preserves you. Go back to Romans 16 and verse 25. Now to him who is able to do what? Establish you, to make you strong. That's what that word means. I love the voice translation. We don't have it yet. We'll get it soon, I believe. Romans 16 in 25 in the voice translation says, and if it comes up very quickly, verse 25, um, so, the one, so to the one who is able to strengthen you to live consistently with my good news and the preaching of Jesus. Put, us the, put up the message. The message says the one who is strong enough to make you strong. All of our, all of our praise. Now unto him who is strong enough to make you strong. According as is preached in Jesus, precisely as revealed in the mystery. And this mystery, Ephesians 3, Paul takes his time in Ephesians 3 to deal with the mystery unveiled. I did, I'm not teaching about that tonight. But if you want to understand what he means by the mystery of Christ, Paul actually authoritatively submits in Ephesians chapter 3 that everything I'm teaching you now, nobody knew it until me. Can I show it to you? I don't know why the Lord led me here, but I'm sure it's for somebody here tonight. It's not what I'm teaching on tonight. Ephesians 3, uh, uh, my wife, if you have it, put it up in the NLT. Just, we'll just run through it very quickly um, from, from verse 1 to, to verse, um, verse 13. And it will put one of our favorite verses in this house in context. One of our favorite verses lands in this, in this, in this, in this text. When I think of all this, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ, Jesus, for the benefit of you Gentiles, assuming by the way that you know God gave me the special responsibility of extending his grace to you Gentiles. Keep going. As I briefly wrote earlier, God himself revealed his mysterious plan to me. 
Keep going. As you have read what I have written, you will understand my insight into this plan regarding Christ. Stay there and switch to New King James. Go back to verse 4. As you read what I've written, you will understand, by which when you read, you may understand the knowledge in the mystery of Christ. Keep going. Which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to his holy apostles and prophets. Keep going. That the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ through the gospel of which I became a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given to me by the effective working of his power. To me, whom I'm less than the least of all the saints, this grace was given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God who created all things through the Jesus Christ to the intent, that's our verse, that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to principalities and powers in the heavenly places. Keep going. According to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. That mystery Paul explains in Colossians, that mystery is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Colossians 1.27, I think. 26 into 27. Colossians 1 which was given to me for you to fulfill the word of God, the mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to his saints. To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is, Everybody in this room, if you are not a born Jew, Israelite, you're a Gentile. That's why before you go and embrace the law, you must understand the law was never written to you. The law was never written to Gentiles. So when Gentiles began to get born again, Judaizers actually were trying to inculcate in them an adherence to a law that was never designed for them. Those were the people Paul was addressing in Galatians when he says, let that person, even if it's an angel, be accursed. And that's why he advises them again in Colossians to don't let anybody deceive you with the worship of angels. It's in your Bible. Because you know how we come to show oh, there are angels here. Ooh, angels. You forget what Hebrews says in chapter 1. To which of the angels did he say, I am your father? Today I have birthed you, you are my son. So if an angel does not have the boast of being a son of God, he cannot be worshipped. That's what the writer of Hebrews was trying to establish. The priesthood of Christ as a superior priesthood. 
And it's that same argument that he makes him go on and said, these angels you are trying to magnify, are they not ministering spirits to heirs of salvation? That's the argument. You must understand the backdrop. The backdrop was him trying to convince them about the priesthood of the son. God, who at various times in various ways, in time past, had spoken to us through the prophets, as in this last day spoken to us through his son, who being the brightness of his image and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power. That is the argument and he goes on and he says, for to which of the angels did he say? So that's why Paul explains to them in Colossians 2. He said, angels are not what you worship. But if somebody comes to you here and says, an angel appeared. Don't move, don't move, don't move. There are angels here. There are angels here. How many of you have encountered it? Yeah, there are angels here. Don't move. Don't move. If you move, an angel will jam you on the door. God saved me by his blood. Created me in his image. And I'm walking and an angel will slap me at the door. To which of the angels did he say, I am your father? To which of the angels did he ever say, Today you are my son, today I have become. Next line, I've begotten you. And again, I will be to him a father and he shall be to me his son. To which angel? But now are we the sons of God. And yet, it does not, it not, not yet appear what we shall look. No problem. I don't have to look like where I'm going. I just have to know that I'm going somewhere. First John 3. It don't, 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 doesn't have to look like it. But I am a son. It's not been revealed yet what we shall look like. But when we see him, we shall be like him. So I am Christ. Becoming Christ on a journey to become Christ. And angels have no say in this matter. When sons speak, angels shut up. Don't, don't say anything. To which of the angels did he ever say? I'm speaking with my father and you're telling me angel? So angel comes and tells you doctrine. How dare the angel? How dare an angel come and tell me the mind of the father? No, sir. When the father himself dwells in me, the fullness of him bodily. So Paul says in Colossians chapter 2, don't let anybody hoodwink you. Please put it up on the screen. 9, 10, somewhere there. <sighs> okay, this is for somebody. I know it. Yeah, God is not random. He's not random at all. Colossians chapter 2. Amen. No, go back. I'm trying to find context. Go back to verse 8. Verse 8. Back, back, back up. Back up to verse 8. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of this world and not according to Christ. Keep going. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily and you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and powers. Guess who the boss of all the angels are? Guess who the boss of all the demons is? Okay, somebody went, God forbid. He's the Lord of hosts. 
There's no host that he's not Lord of. There's no host. There's no host that he's not Lord of. He's a Lord of hosts. Plural. So guess who is the boss of all the demons? Christ. So when they see him, he doesn't have to say anything. They scream. Say, Master, what have you to do with us? Okay, we know we are going. Just tell us, let, allow us to go here. He's the head of all principality and powers. Ephesians 1, he sat above them. Ephesians 2, he now carried you and sat you with him above them. And you are afraid of them. You are afraid of demons. You are afraid of principalities and powers when you're supposed to be teaching them who's boss. According to Ephesians chapter 3 verse 10. You're supposed to be showing them the manifold wisdom of God. So God has no business addressing demons about who is the boss. He tells them, my sons can do that. Ephesians 3.10, put it up. Yeah, put it back there. God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in heavenly places. Because you're sat above them. Where were we? Colossians 2, verse 10, I think. And you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power, 11. In him you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the sin of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism in which you also were raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. We're going all the way to 18. And you've been dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh. He has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all your trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us. And he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Keep going. Having disarmed principalities and powers he made a public spectacle of them triumphing over them in it so let no one judge you in food or in drink or regarding a festival or a new moon or sabbath which are a shadow of things to come but the substance of Christ Verse 18, let no one cheat you of your reward, taking delight in false humility and worship of angels, intruding into those things which he has not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshy mind, keep going until the full stop, and not holding fast to the head, from whom all the body, nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments, grows with the increase that is from God. You see, the problem of God's word is not its ambiguity. It is clear enough for anybody to understand. The problem of the believer is not the scarcity of God's word. The problem of the believer is his unwillingness to be bound in obedience to God's word. Our problem is not the scarcity of the word. Of course, there's a twisting of it. The twisting of God's word to people's peril did not start today. It's all over the pages of the book. People have always distorted the word of God. That distortion did not start today. People that are calling us heretics now called Paul heretic then. What were they doing in Galatians church? They were telling them you cannot say grace alone by faith alone. That's all they were telling them in Galatia. You must add a bit of works. You must do something to it. So anybody that was preaching grace through faith 
not of yourselves, it's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. In that era was called a heretic. Anyone preaching that Christ came to take away the sins of the world, in that era was called a heretic. So join the queue. The attack against the gospel has never been its non-sufficiency. The attack against the gospel has always been its all-sufficiency in a manner that makes it look so foolishly simple. The simplicity of the gospel is its Achilles heel. It's not complex. Just believe. So the believer's issue is not, it's not the word. It's obeying the word. Just believing that I am what the word says. I've told you over and over, many a person has heard a preacher preach. They've never heard the gospel. Because it is foolishness to them that are perishing. But to us, oh my. It's the wisdom of God and it's the power of God. I came to remind somebody here tonight that the gospel is not just for saving you. Because you know, even your salvation is threefold. You, you, you have been saved, you are being saved, and you will be saved. Soteria is the word for salvation in the Greek. And it means total, complete package of healing, physical, mental, and spiritual. That's why you are saved already. Yeah? It's a, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, Romans 1.16, for it is the gospel, is the power of God unto salvation to them that believe. So the gospel brings you into salvation. The Holy Spirit down is the seal of the Father for the day of salvation. That salvation is the final salvation of your body from this, your spirit from this body. So you are saved, but you're still here. That's why you're tripping up. Yeah. <laughs> that's why you're struggling with sex addiction and that's why you're struggling with masturbation that's why you're struggling with, with, with tobacco that's why you're struggling with all of that stuff is bad stuff but it's happening to you because you're still here trapped in this body of flesh Ephesians says the uncircumcision of your body because this body you know they hear what your body is not born again we do know that and your body will never be born again. <laughs> Some people are shocked. This your body will never be born again. That's right. Ever, ever, ever. Because it's not made of the kind of stuff that can be born again. It's made of corruptible seed. <laughs> so you will overcome in the earth and ultimately you surmount this physical body and the Bible says that day that incorruption will put off corruption that's the final salvation <laughs> do you understand what I'm saying you will put off corruption and then mortality will take on immortality so don't let your body weigh you down that was something for somebody tonight don't let your body weigh you down don't let your body distract you. Don't let your body, don't let your body, don't let your body. It will always come. That thing between your legs will come. The thing beating that you call a heart will come. Your mind will come. Your body faculties will kick in because they know they are fighting a losing battle. 
Your body is not coming against you because it knows it can win. Your body is coming against you because it knows it has lost. So it keep trying and trying and trying because it knows it has, not it will lose. It has lost because now you are born of incorruptible seed that ain't got nothing on your body. That's the gospel. So you're saved by it, but the Holy Spirit, you know, keeps you in there. First Corinthians, Ephesians 1, Ephesians 4. He keeps you in there and guarantees you for the day of redemption. Because you are the purchased possession. The king's my redeemer was on your case. This sounds like part two of that message. I don't know why. Sometimes I don't know what it is. For me, the synopsis triggers a lot in my spirit. When I sit down and hear stuff that comes from this house, I'm thinking, Lord, oh, Lord Jesus, help me. It's a lot. There's a lot that goes out in this house. A lot. And the issue, like I said, is not the scarcity of the word. Just go out there and do it. Believe it. It's working. Do you know how much power is resident in you? Just because you dared to believe. Just because you dared to believe. There's power. So use it. Believe it. Is it helpful to anybody? This concludes this message. Thank you for listening, and we hope it has been a blessing to you. For inquiries and further information, please send us an email to info at the or visit our social media platforms.